Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to Like it is on her way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please, I was supposed to do an introduction here. Uh, yeah. Welcome to this week's live stream. Well, <laughs> which is a bit chaotic because people just joined in the last 20 seconds. Um, and we are going to be joined by our very first guest of this season, two-time world champion and three-time Olympic medalist, Megan D. Hamill. Uh, we're so excited to have her once she's here in a couple of minutes, I assume. She's just sorting out her hotspot. She is on yeah. her way. <laughs> I'm drinking wine. What is everybody else drinking? Water I'm still drinking not... my coffee. Tea. This is water. This is not an advert for Evian, even though Evian is the best water. We also practiced last two weeks ago with a, a junior. What's it, Grand Prix? Junior Grand Prix recap. Yeah. And we realized we have a lot of uh, technical issues. So whenever there's a technical issue, I, everybody should take a drink. <laughs> because it's going to happen. And Ellie, Ellie will remove whichever one of us dies. <laughs> it's <for> me. <laughs> I think. Oh God. <laughs> it has no, started. I, I think mobile hotspots are carrying this stream. I don't um, know if it's always for that. Oh dear me. Yeah, we're on a um a lovely uh chaotic um four different time zones, um many different uh forms of technology. Um but you know. As we learn, the, the ISU is also often um, frequently True. struggling on all of this, so we'll just yeah, we can talk about that a bit. How they started off the live stream, the audio didn't work properly. Then they switched to the NBC live stream, <laughs> but we couldn't well, hear the NBC live stream. <laughs> our technical difficulties are in honor of the ISU. Oh, we have yes, lost to me. Everybody, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy tweeting. That's I think maybe, maybe to restart off, we can introduce ourselves again because yes, it's, now been a, it's now been a year since we've started doing live streams. Um, so a little like recap of us, I guess. Yes. Hi, my I'm name is Ellie. Watched. I don't watch skating, but I do fantasy skating. <laughs> That's my job. I already made the joke, but like, in Barbie, Ken's job is beach. My job is just fantasy skating. <laughs> you have a much bigger job than that. You also run the website. That's true. <laughs> and you're our guinea pig for um, show. We show you programs and you comment on them. So that's our uh, yes. The, the uh, Ellie's GOEs are always fun. That's true. Yes. I don't. I don't know any technical elements, but I'm here for a good time. <laughs> Hence the drinking. That. Do we want to go in like clockwise order? Go Sarah next. Um, hi, I'm Sarah. Um, <laughs> I mainly do a lot of interviews, and that's about it. You do more than that. Oh. Um, you also keep up to date with all the drama and what's going on in skating as well. Um, I try. Oh, we have we a have question. Megan. We also have Megan. Megan is about to join, but like. Where's everybody? <laughs> Hello. Uh, yeah, as a, I'll we'll keep going around and introduce. Uh, I'm Lois. Um, I run the Twitter and the social media. Uh, Fancy skating is my idea, and we put it together in 24 hours back in the day. Um, 
I do the previews. Uh, that's about it. I won't, I won't go to any more. <laughs> hey, I'm Anna. Um, and I think we're, we're saying where we're, we're based as well. I'm on, I'm in the U S I'm in Maine on the East coast. And so, um, still middle of the afternoon for me, which is why I'm still drinking coffee. And I tend to do, um, interviews and um, try to go to as many competitions as I can to do live reporting from the mix zone and that kind of thing. Um, and I was just at Skate America in person, got home last night. So Megan, we introduced you a little bit, but so we're going around and introducing our team and then we'll let you also introduce yourself. But Izumi, are you? Um... We lost Izumi again. <laughs> I don't know. Where, uh, yeah, I might cut out. Can can everyone hear me right now? Yes. 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 Yep. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just say it quickly before I cut out again. I'm is me. I'm from Japan, based sometimes in the UK, sometimes in Japan, um, sometimes in France, and I mostly do like recap articles, do some interviews with Japanese skaters, um, do a, a few other interviews. I might be going to NHK. That's still pending. Um, but yeah, there you go. And we are so excited to have Megan join us. Thank you so Hi. much for taking the time. Hi, I'm wondering I think everybody who's right behind me. Oh. No, I think it works. It works yeah. okay. Because I'm at the rink and all the offices are locked, so I can't go in a room. <laughs> so I'm just in the concourse. <laughs> but it's working today, so it's okay. I think we should probably just start the recap. Uh, one thing people are yeah. here for, and now we are very small tiles. Um, yeah, let's start. Do you want to give an overall opinion, or should we start with pairs? By the way, we'll start with pairs. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this is uh, the podium. In first place, we got Annika Hocke and Robert Kunkel. By the way, I'm from Germany, so that's why I did this part. And you can um, pronounce their names so well. <laughs> but now we are going, the rest is going to be all over the place. In second place, we have Leah Pereira and Trent Michaud. And in third place, we have Chelsea Lou and Bal Balash Nagi. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Good job. I still have a question about how to print. I know Balash is right, but I don't know about his last name because in the arena, they kept saying Naji. But also in the arena, they were pronouncing everyone's names wrong. And they also said that Luna was from Belarus. So I'm taking I know. Belarus. I was like, no. <laughs> I thought the CBC, like um, the British guys saying Nog or Nog, <laughs> Nog. Like they weren't pronouncing the Y like in any way. No. <laughs> oh, That's definitely wrong, I feel like. <laughs> I have no idea what's the right way. If we have any Hungarian viewers, please tell us how to pronounce his name um, so that we can do better in the future. Mm. It won't be the last podium, I'm sure. So how did you feel about this podium? I, for myself, I was pretty optimistic for pairs this season after seeing the Challenger series because we saw so many great skates from pair teams on the Challenger series. Um, Although these were the three strongest teams in the competition by far, I felt like this event was a bit of a step down in skating from what we saw on the Challenger series. Um, I think that these three teams and everybody else there was 
is capable of more. And hopefully we pick back up to the level that was during the Challenger Series next week at Skate Canada. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously not as highly a contested event as it would have been if uh, Riku and Waiichi were still competing. Obviously, they had to pull out due to injury. Um, they obviously, it would have been kind of a foregone conclusion that they probably would have won this event had they been there. Um, but I'm very, very happy to see Annika and Robert uh, on the top of the podium. I know how much they've struggled with funding and, you know, getting getting results that they wanted through injury or whatever the last few years. So I'm very happy to see them on top of the podium. Yeah, um, before we talk too much more, um, Megan, are you able to tell us anything about how Riku and Ryuchi are doing? Well, they're they're skating. They were skating this morning. I saw them um, on the ice with Bruno and uh, doing their rehab in Toronto and kind of, I think, like slowly going back to like building their elements. Um, and it's not an injury that's going to like set them back very far. And it's not an injury that should affect his like skating career as a whole um, because the type of stress fracture it is, it's very uncommon. He'll do the movements, which is more like a layback or a Buhlman position that he doesn't do. <laughs> so um, because he doesn't do those type of positions, it should be able to kind of like recorrect itself pretty well. Um, it was just like bad timing. Yeah, it's such a shame that this means that, you know, we won't see them in the final. And yeah, that it was very, I was very sorry not to see them here um, or see them at, at Skate America. Um, the um, team that I felt the most impressed with coming out of this competition, definitely, um, I would say, seeing the huge improvement that Leah and Trent have continued to make like they didn't have their best possible skates here, but um, they've made such a leap forward. And then again, even seeing from Autumn Classic to here, uh, Chelsea and Balash um, just are really coming on very strongly. Um, I said before the competitions that they were going to be bronze, and people were like, "No, no, they're 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 only doing a throw double. Their content so low, it won't happen." I was like, mm, "No, I don't. I think everyone else is messier than they are." So, well, they almost won with the throw double loop. If they would have just landed that throw triple sow, they very likely would have won. Yeah, and it, it was interesting. I talked to um, their coach, Jenny Mino, briefly, and she was saying that, you know, they're they're going to be getting there, that they're just trying to build it up um, a little more slowly. They've had some different, they came in with slightly different jump tech, um, throw technique, and that they're just trying to get them, um, you know, comfortable with it because it didn't come together as quickly as like the pair elements um, were like a really easy first um, thing for them to come together. So what were your highlights outside of the podium? Ooh. <laughs> I was going to say, why this is more of a low light than a highlight? Because I felt well, so bad for Anna and Luke. Um, it's Isabel and Brian. That's the oh, American yeah. team. They had a great short program. And they were really excited with it and um, really like proud of their performance and they brought a lot of energy. And so I think that in the short program, that was a big standout. They made the final warm-up group, um, such a big thing for them at their first Skate America. 
Yeah, they've done such a great job. I know they split up for a year and then got back together again. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad they did because they, they showed so much promise with one another. And I know, I don't know if Ryan ever got another partner, but I know um, Isabel did. And the results just weren't there. So I'm glad to see them still improving and growing together as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, my highlights, um, like I said, I, I well, just to say last word on the, the couple words on the podium were that I do really like the new short program for um, Annika and Robert. <laughs> I wish they had a new free skate because I'm a little tired of this free skate and I think it's not doing them as many favors as it could. It's um, a little all one note in some ways. Um, and I think they're capable of more than that. Um, I did think that the Gladiator was a really great choice for Leah and Trent. Um, and it was funny how they were talking about it where like they did Pirates, which is sort of like a very kind of, you know, basic choice in terms of like artistry. And then this was like the next step up. Um, so it made me start thinking about you could how you could rank, you know, rank the war horses in terms of their artistic complexity. Um, and, you know, gladiators maybe still on the, on the easier side of how to express to it, but that it was like that next step up for them and they had some really nice moments. But I think that the, um, the team that stood out the most to me that wasn't on the podium was um, Valentina and Max, the other American team that we haven't talked about yet. Um, they had a terrible short program technically, but artistically it was my favorite program of the event. I really think that the Rhapsody on a theme of Paganini is like just so, it, it suits them very well. They're a team that is capable of um, just a lot of um, emotive skating. They're not necessarily the strongest like skating skills in terms of speed, but they're, um, they have these beautiful dance lifts. It had the most complex choreography. And so it's a program that I'm really excited to see, you know, hopefully see clean at some point this season. And um, also talking to them about how much they've been working on their jumps and their um, getting a, you know, getting a jump coach and really, really trying to not let that be the thing that holds them back. I was glad to see that Valentina did land a, um, one of her uh, triples and it looks actually much better than it had previously. And so I'm, you know, my, they're the team that I kind of have a soft spot for. And so I'm, you know, hoping that they'll be able to get themselves together a bit technically. Yeah, after their short program, my friend sent me a message and he was like, that's the type of skating I want to see from a pair short program. Like he was, we both really enjoyed it and I, I really like them as well. But um, just echoing your comments, Anna, that my, my friend had given me pretty much the same about the program and the dance lift and the content that's in it. Um, and he was just thinking like, it's such a shame that it didn't work out this time because that's the type of short we want to see pair skaters do. Yeah. I'd like to uh, give a shout out to Irma and Ricardo. Um, in the warm up for the short program, uh, they had uh, Irma had a collision, and I think like stabbed, got her leg stabbed. Um, so the fact that you know they went out and did that short program, literally they were the first couple to perform from after that warm up group. Um, I think that was very impressive. Um, their free skate didn't go to plan there was it was a lot worse technically um respect respectfully saying that but um <laughs> it obviously didn't go to plan 
Um, but yeah, just just impressed with what they were able to do after that short uh, prone collision. They're a team that I feel like I noticed a lot of improvements on since last year on so I saw them at Sheffield and um, that, you know, they're coming together as a pair. Their just basic skills seem to be a lot better than they had then. Um, I enjoy the fact that we have two Italian pair teams now where their free skates have um, cat ear buns. Um, <laughs> where the two, they, because you've got Lucrezia Vicari with her um, hair and little cat ear buns for cats. And then they, then you've got Irma as the as Catwoman, and so they're the two. And Irma and Ricardo are the one Italian team that doesn't train at Ice Lab, and so I like the idea that they probably came up with these ideas in isolation from each other, and then are both um, <laughs> doing that. But um, I saw Irma, you know, in the um, in the mix zone right after, and she was, you know, bleeding through her tights, like really, you know, had really gotten. And the next day that she said that that was also part of why the free skate wasn't so good, that she was just in a lot of pain. Um, and in the moment of it, um, she said that the she almost wanted to thank, you know, Max for kicking her in the leg because it kind of woke her up. And she was very, very determined in the short program that she wasn't going to let it stop her. And so it almost like gave her like a little jolt of adrenaline that was helpful, even though um, it was disturbing. Um, but I was impressed by her kind of grit there. Any other comments on the past event? Yeah, so I feel so bad for Anna and Luke because I have seen so many improvements in, in their elements and their skating since last year and the year before. And they just haven't been able to put a whole skate together yet. Like they've, had such a remarkable improvement on their twist. It was by far their worst element. And after the twist, sadly, in the free skate, everything kind of fell apart and everything went wrong. And obviously they had only like a week in advance notice that they were going to come to this event. So they probably didn't have optimal preparation time, but yeah, it felt- And the like adrenaline levels of competing back-to-back -back weeks, like- Yeah. Like you hit an adrenaline crash after a competition. Like it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Like your adrenaline just drops and it crashes and uh, every day, like the day after a competition, I've very rarely seen people skate really well after coming home from a competition. They hit that like crash for a day or two, <laughs> then they rebuilt. It's like Anastasia and Luke didn't have a chance to hit that crash and rebuild. They just had to keep going. And it's not sustainable yeah. if you're not like trained for that. And they just found out. So of course they're not trained for that. Yeah, I was sorry. I was sorry for them. They're um, a team that, yeah, always, um, you know, looking for um, them to hopefully be able to keep climbing. And they've competed so much this season, and that's been a big part of their strategy. But um, it was nice to see that they're, that the twist, which was the thing that was really holding them back, is looking stronger. And um, I had a couple of conversations um, coming. I did a bunch of interviews, and unsurprisingly, um, the pairs are were the ones that I talked to the most. Um, but we'll have interviews coming out um, with Annika and Robert, um, and with um, their coach Andre Hotarek. Um, I also did a, a nice long had a nice long conversation with him. Um, so those will be coming out in 
some point down down the line. Um, in due course. <laughs> in due course, those those will be coming out. But it was <laughs> um, to get to talk to all of them um, and to see, um, you know, a little bit more about the development of all of these teams that I hadn't seen since last year. Okay. Any other ideas, comments? I think Otherwise, we've covered every past team. I know every past team. Second year, we should cover everyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, again, I think that these are three of by far the best teams in the competition. Um, I think they can all skate better. I think they all expect themselves to skate better, to score a little bit higher. Um, I think that a team like Annika and Robert have had the right strategy because they've competed so many times. This was their fourth international competition of the season. So you can see even with like the little hiccup of mistakes, they're still prepared and ready to nail down those performances because they also have the mileage on this program from last year. So um, I, I think that that's the way to go with the competition mindset. And I wish that um, the Canadian skaters would compete more <laughs> so that they can be a little bit more consistent in their performances. Um, every time you compete, it's an experience. You get feedback and you get better. You get better after every competition, whether it's good or bad, because you learn. And um, I think we need to be investing in competitions more in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have talked about that many times before, that the Canadians yeah. don't send their teams or their skaters to competitions. And, but enough. there is like a lot of local competitions still that people can compete in too. Um, like I used to do a local competition at the end of September every single season. Uh, and sometimes I was the only team and sometimes there was a few other teams. But getting your feet wet, doing a six-minute warm-up, doing a performance in front of an audience with your costume. I mean, there's no harm in that. It makes us better. It makes everybody better. So I think that the Canadian skaters can utilize their own local competitions more because we don't have all those senior bees in Canada to be able to use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have one technical pairs question for you, Megan, which, is, and this is, I'm going to try to describe something that I don't know the name for, which is in, um, but I've been noticing a couple of teams this season um, doing a lift entry that looks really cool and really difficult where it seems like the girl is almost going up like backwards over the head. Um, I noticed that Chelsea and Bellish had that, that um, the new German team has a lift like that, where they're almost like almost handstand like vertical sort of thing and this just maybe I'm just noticing it for the first time this year and since I see it now I'm seeing it everywhere but it looked like something that a lot of teams were doing that was um new and different in terms of a uh lift entry yeah the backwards takeoff that's actually the the group 5r so the reverse lasso that's the traditional way to do it now over the last couple of years people have been like finding their little shortcuts so I also did it taking off backwards but on my way up I turned forward um so then I had to support myself on my opposite arm so I'd be supporting mm. myself on my left arm which I never would normally do in a lift that was like the variation that we did but then um I forget if it was Shui and Han or um Tarasova and Morozov but one of those teams went to Skate America one year and had like another variation of this where they had one arm underneath one leg and the other arm up um and they were taken they took they left the ice backwards but in the end it was just a press lift for the male partner so it got credit for a reverse lawsuit so everybody started doing it 
Um, but the danger was that if a caller called it a press, it's like three points less. And in a short program, you could get an invalid lift because it's a different group. Um, and we call it the fake reverse. Um, so Bruno has notoriously been able to teach like novice and junior teams the fake reverse in five minutes. It took Eric and I two years to learn the real reverse. So like, there's a big difference in yeah. um, ability. <laughs> but um, the, the technical panel started allowing it. So it was like, it's an easier version. Why wouldn't you? But uh, it does look like a little bit awkward and the girl's a little bit stuck. So mm. I'm happy to see so many people go back to the traditional 5R, which is the backwards takeoff. The girl's mm -hmm. hands like underneath their bum. Um, and they can turn forward once they're up there um, or stay backwards in their position. But yeah, the, the through the legs 5R that lots of the other teams do in pair skate, not even at my rink, like notoriously in pair skating around the world. It's like, yeah, I just do the fake 5R. Like the fake reverse. <laughs> Skaters themselves call it that. Oh my god. It's become like a joke. <laughs> I was hoping that one eventually they would say, like, you can't do it like that anymore because it is significantly easier. But since Paris has no technical committee with the ISU, there is no big <laughs> decision. So they just keep allowing it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Looking at the time, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, we should probably move on. We should probably move on. Anna, I'm so sorry to jump on you like this, but we decided that you would <laughs> present the men. <laughs> sure. Um, so gold was Ilya Malinin from the US. Um, silver was Kevin Amos from France. And bronze was Shun Sato from Japan. Um, this is also how I had my fantasy skating. So for these two events, I was very pleased with myself. Um, um, yeah, thoughts on the podium. Good on Ilya for breaking 300 and quite a bit over 300 as well. Um, this isn't like the, like the skating, but I, I don't like Skate America's new at new medals. <laughs> Thank oh, you so much for mentioning look very much the horrendous brand plastic medals. Because that was going to be my only talking point, the medals. I wanted to ask you whether there are any medals you have at home that you are hiding in the closet because they are so ugly. No, back when I did Grand Prix France, like we got real medals, not the plastic ones. But um, I mean, I guess it's the memory that counts. Like they're not going to look at their medals, but um, it's those medals are in a sad, sad state. Um, I think that was a great men's competition. I think that Ilya delivered how we expect him to deliver minus the quad axle. Um, and I think Kevin has an amazing program to Bolero. Like, I'm never that much a fan of all the posing, but for some reason it really works with Kevin because he's so dramatic about it and so intense that, like, I don't mind he poses so much and he, like, repeats a lot of things um, because it works for him. And it's nice to see him have, like, a sense of consistency right now, and I'm curious if he's going to be able to sustain this consistency all season long. Because I think if he does, his scores for the same skate, his scores are going to get higher and higher and higher and higher the more he performs like he did in Texas. Yeah, he's also had a lot of injury issues in the last few years as well. So it's mm -hmm. good for him to start a season healthy and able to like, hopefully he'll be able to keep that consistency as it goes because it's not, it's not been great for him the last couple of years. I was deeply impressed by the number of fans he had at Skate America. I felt like I was expecting there to be like 
huge, huge cheers for Ilya, but Kevin had almost as much support in the building. And I was like, where did all of these Kevin fans come from? I mean, it was nice. It was good to see his meeting. All places. But like, I know, I know. So it was was funny. Um, I, Bolero still, I'm like, I don't know about Bolero, but I'm, um, I did really like his short program more than when I had seen it at um, Autumn Classic. And I think part of that was that I ended up watching it from way up. Um, the media seating was like the sort of top concourse of the arena. And I was wa- I was watching from up there and it just gave this sense of freedom. And um, I could really appreciate some of the, um, some of his speed and some of the ways that he was skating where I think when I had been watching it from rink level, I was getting fixated on, um, the fact that he repeats a lot of the same sort of choreographic little like the aerials and stuff. And I was like, oh, it's you're using the same tricks again and again. But I felt like I could appreciate it more as a as a program um, when I was sort of seeing it in that big arena setting. And I don't know if he's he had made any changes to it or if this was just the change in literally the change in my perspective. But I ended up um, liking it a lot more than I had thought I would. Um, I also really like Shun's new programs. Um, and he seemed very solid here. Um, it was nice, um, nice to see that. Um, I feel like he's starting to distinguish himself a little bit more this year, um, a little bit more of his own kind of vision, um, with what he's trying to do with his skating. I really enjoyed uh, his short program. I think he sold it very well. Um, it's a little bit of a different style for him, I believe. Um, and so I, I really like it. And I think the costume worked very well for it. I liked, I think I talked about like, I don't know why I fixated on the sleeves of his um, costume in his short mm-hmm. program, but I don't know. I think it just helped um, because they were very fitted. I think it helped his like hand movements highlight those a bit more. Yeah. yeah. So what um, was everyone's favorite program in this competition from the men? Ooh. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll it might. Go ahead. Yeah. You, go, you can go. I was going to say, um, I don't know <laughs> if I can pick between the two of them, but Torgashev is such an interesting skater and stands out um, as somebody who really wants to do something different. I know he said that in the mix zone. He he doesn't want to kind of do paint by numbers and do classical things like everyone else does. He wants to put his own stamp on skating and and. and do things like that and I think he's just a very interesting skater to watch. If there's anyone's step sequence you're going to revisit watching it's always going to be Yeah this is my first time seeing him and I, I did really like um, both seeing him and talking to him. He seems like a yeah a definitely a personality like someone a skater with their own like view and um, personality that you can see that kind of both on and off the ice. Um, I'm biased and I, I will not surprise anyone that I say that um, my favorite programs were from Dennis Vasiliev's, but what surprised me was that this was, um, I had seen a short program in training before, but I hadn't seen the free skate. And I was surprised at how much I really liked the free skate and the choreography, because I was skeptical of it being this sort of this blues number. It doesn't have a kind of an easy climax or structure to it. Um, I thought it was actually really well crafted and, um, it left an impression, even despite it being a terrible skate, technically, and not one of, and you could tell he was out of, you know, not 
fully in character even with it, but I, um, it's something that I'm very excited to see um, continue to, to build. And that was sort of a, a pleasant surprise for me. That's the one he choreographed himself, right? That's, that's Stefan did that, the free skate and um, Shay, Shaylin Bourne did the he short program. It. They said on the screen that he did that program himself, his free skate. Oh. So I don't know, I don't know what the Interesting. No, that, that, that's <laughs> funny. Um, no, Chris, I mean. The ISU stream um, had said something that sounded like that, but I loved his costume for that program as well. Like kind of like the um, pink shirt. Yeah, he's got, um, it, I, when I saw him in the mix zone afterwards, he was like very red because he had fallen like on his chest during the, wow. in the axle. And I was like, ooh, that looked very <laughs> painful. <laughs> Cause it's not, it's, there's no illusion mesh. It's just like full deep V. Um, but the, um, but I, I did like that. And it was, uh, uh, I did an interview with, with him and an interview with Stefan, and they both had things to say about the symbolism of the costume that were not quite the same things, but those that's my 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 teaser, but that there was a lot of a lot of thought was going into the the why of those costumes this year. Um, and Dennis How did much do you think it takes a man to get a costume deduction? I was wondering that when watching Kevin. Because it was like it was a bit distracting. <laughs> Like a lot it's, becoming, it's becoming a trend this year as well. Like there's several several men who are just like full chest out. Yeah, it's it's like at points in Kevin's free skate, like it distracted me from what he was doing skating. Um, and yeah. I just feel like it was just a bit too much. I was like expecting him to just like rip it off at some point. I was like, is that where this is going? Well, uh, that's which good. is what Nico Agassi actually yeah. does. Like halfway through yes. Nico Agassi's yes. program, he rips the chest out of his costume in the middle of Moulin Rouge. So yeah, there's just like, it's like, I don't know, it's really deep. Like Kevin's is deeper than, than Nika and Dennis's cut. Yeah. And yeah, just like at times I was watching that and like confused instead of watching what he wants us to watch, which is his skating and all his tricks. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about um, the trend of skaters finish, you know, either skating really, really close to the judges or finishing their programs, like staring right at the judges um, and that it seems like quite a few, not, not only ice dancers, but with Luna and with Kevin, there's a whole uh, a bit of a trend of that in choreography this year. I do find it like a little bit uncomfortable, but I love on the camera's view at the end of Kevin's program, we saw that judge go right and enter a plus five for the um, sequence that had just happened. Her finger goes right to the plus five and then the camera spans away. But it makes me uncomfortable, but like having listened to, co um, to judges for like two decades, talk to me about what they want to see. I think the judges love it. Oh, okay. The judges want to be like part of your performance. They want to feel something from you. And they want, um, they like so many times the judges were like, I want you to, I want to feel like you're just skating for me, just for me. Like I want to, I want it to feel that intimate. So I think when skaters get that close, like a lot of these judges love it, even if it makes me as a viewer uncomfortable. Mm. I don't That's love, I, and I don't love like, stopping and posing and skating in a nice dance that's happening right now standing on the spot and dancing i want to see the skating um mm -hmm. but i do think that that getting in the judge's face like literally 
Um, a lot of the judges do like it. That's it makes super it, interesting. You know, yeah. The performance. Yeah. I was thinking about that, that actually a lot of my favorite performances are the ones that don't feel centered toward the judges because as a viewer, I'm often not on the same, sitting on the same side as the judge. And so um, yeah. when when it feels like the skater is performing to the crowd in a more 360 kind of way, those, those as an audience member, I feel more moved and involved, but like, it makes sense that like versus really focusing in on the judges. Yeah, if you're sitting on the other side of the rink, you get a lot of back <laughs> and a lot of choreography. Yeah, but yeah. also I wonder which judge do you pick to look at in that moment? Do you look at all of them? I remember one time, like I never got that close to the judges, but I was doing my footwork at the 2013 Worlds and we had this like crazy music to La Boheme and it was like really outgoing footwork. And I was, we are having a really great skate and I was really into it. And like so many judges looked like really excited. And then I saw this one judge, the Chinese judge was like, <laughs> and I, in that moment, I was like, oh, he doesn't think I'm very good right now. Like and it, <laughs> I out in the middle of my footwork, I was like, oh, I guess like I'm not getting a plus three from him. Um, yeah. So <laughs> did you check it afterwards? It's interesting. Like what if Kevin went right up to a judge that was like that? serious or the skaters that do that um they wouldn't get the same impact <laughs> i wonder if someone would like make it their mission to like if there was a stoic judge if they would like focus in on that one and try and like make them laugh or make them crack <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's interesting like i feel like some you know you can see some skaters are just like very aware of everything that's going on around them in the rink and others are very like focused in and not. And I was thinking about that. Well, actually, I'll, I'll wait until we get to Amber because I have thoughts about that with Amber, but we'll, I'll wait until we get to the women. Um, <laughs> My question was any more opinions about men, so. Um, I have a, a, a couple of shout outs uh, to Maxim Naumov, who is bouncing back from injuries this season. Um, I really love his short program. I think he's a really uh, light and expressive skater. Um, and I think when he can get it to clean at a point, um, I think it will be a really great short program. Um, I also wish some skaters or some men, I know why they go for quads and like the risk of not going for one in a short program. But like me personally, I would love to just see a clean program instead of a quad attempt when it's, you know, it's going to end in a fall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one man who did not attempt a quad um, was Andreas Nordebach, and I really enjoy his skating, and I was disappointed for him <laughs> that he wasn't able to put out clean performances, because I think he could have actually, with this field, done, um, you know, done better placement-wise than he did, um, even without the quad, uh, but he was fun to watch live. Again, somebody I haven't seen a lot before. Um, and the other, the other person that I feel like I wanted to mention was um, Vladimir Litvitsev because <laughs> um, for sheer entertainment value and confusion, um, he like it was like he was skating in a different competition than everybody else when he showed up with those costumes and his music choices. Um, 
but I was getting a little tired of everyone's very serious and introspective programs. And then he was just like pure chaos. Um, and the fact that um, I wasn't in the mix zone, um, but one of the other journalists who speaks some Russian asked him about his choices and that he was wearing um, the tiger stripes intentionally to get us to talk about the fact that he was wearing tiger stripes to the Lion King, which I was like, well, good job. You it did. Worked. I about you. So um, <laughs> of trolling was very funny to me. Who thought of that? I think it was his coach. It was, the whole thing was his coach's idea, but yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> because I think that's, that's so good for social media. Like people talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I spent three minutes making a meme about it. <laughs> <laughs> I put his face on the Tiger King. You <laughs> fell into the trap. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Also, brief uh, shout out to Nozomu because he is a skater who's been very serious and not very performative um, in his like final year of juniors last year. And I was very impressed by the improvements he's been making. Obviously, he's not at the highest level of like Japanese skaters yet, but I was I was very impressed with uh, his improvements. He was skating so well, and then all of a sudden, at the end of his free skate, was was like a complete like, <laughs> oops, <laughs> he couldn't yeah. get himself back out. One last question I have for Megan. Um, so we're, we, we talked about everybody here except Ilya, which was sort of funny because Ilya was so like, you know, um, amazingly out in front here, but um, about the quad axle. So while, when I was having dinner on the last night, um, Ari Zakarian, who's Ilya's like manager and agent, um, like stopped by the table and was like saying to all of, like us being like, you all need to write about how Ilya's the quad axle isn't worth enough points and what's the point of him putting it in it. And the ISU is trying to discourage technical advancement and I need you all to write about this. And so um, I'm not writing about it, but I am bringing, I am bringing it up here, <laughs> um, which, you know, I have my own personal opinion that I think is probably diametrically opposed to Ari's about where, like what I want the sport to be like and what I think attracts people to it. But that said, should the quad axle be worth more? Should there be a point value for Quince? You know, are, are, is the ISU kind of dragging their feet on this um, technical advancement? Well, I, I mean, we haven't seen evidence of people trying Quince right now or doing Quince. So I think like that's a bit extreme. But I do think the quad axle should be worth more. I don't have the sheet up, but not long ago, I was looking at like, I think it was Worlds last year, or a competition Ilya did last year. And it was like, one of his other quads in the quad axle was only like one to two point difference. And doing a quad axle is significantly harder. First of the forward takeoff, plus you have an extra half of a turn than the other quads. So I do think it should get more points. Um, I do think he should be doing it. I'd love to see him do it in the short program as his quad jump. I do. And I think, I think that's amazing the way that he pushes the sport, but I also love to watch the way Jason Brown pushes the sport and the way that, um, Kevin pushes this sport in, in their own artistic vision. I think the sport has room for all of it. I think we shouldn't be limiting people in how they want to push themselves. I think it's up to the skater and the coaches and the people around them to decide that, not up to the ISU, um, because everybody's going to have like a different, like different strengths and different ways to push the sport. Like Elia's not going to push the sport in performance quality and artistic creative movement. And that's fine. 
but let him push the sport and what he can do. So I do think it should be worth more. Um, I don't think that quits need to be discussed right now, but I, I think that there's room in, in the sport for different personalities and different people pushing the sport in different ways. And I think that that's, what's exciting because we don't all want to see the color blue. We want to see a little bit of different things and we, we want all the skaters to offer something different and bring something different to the table because if they all skated like Jason and Kevin, um, not that they skate the same, but if they all like skated yeah. with that command performance command as Jason Brown and as Kevin does, we'd be bored eventually. So I do think we need a little bit of everything. And I do think that his quad axle mm -hmm. should be worth more um, in the same way that I think in pair skating quads, should, the value should be increased. But I, that doesn't take away from teams like Chelsea and Balazs who do all these other pair skills amazingly well and get a lot of points doing them. Yeah, yeah I think it's interesting then to consider with um, Ilya, like, is he not doing the quad because it's not worth enough? Or is it because he wants to kind of focus on the other things and maybe restrain from injury because I read an interview where he said like he can focus on the performance and his choreography more if he doesn't do the quad because the quad yeah. and all his other quads take up like too much of his attention and focus. yeah and I guess I, I was very critical of him last year for pushing so hard I think it was it was at Espo because it was so close to the final and he said he was injured and he was still doing the high level content. It's like, you didn't need to do all of that to win. And he was completely kind of broken down body wise by the time he got to the final and had no chance to win it because he'd just run himself ragged at the previous Grand Prix that he didn't necessarily need to do. So I thought like, I think if he just reins it in a bit and focuses like on the performance and, and reins in the quads a bit, then he has a higher chance to succeed. Yeah, the quad axle looks so easy. It's just mind-boggling, like watching him because he was doing it in practices. He was doing it, you know. He every practice he did at least one, and so he and it was, does look effortless. Yeah, I, and that doesn't mean that it is effortless or that you know that it doesn't <laughs> impact his performance. But um, it's certainly you know it, all of his quads just look so easy. Um, but I did like both of his performances. Um, both of his programs are a step up. I don't think. I think that he, in sending him the message that he's going in the right direction, I think his PCS are getting overscored, but they are definitely an improvement. I think also like um, the crowd uh, definitely, I always say this, but like, we always say like, oh, like competition, like if a competition is in Canada, oh, skate Canada politics and gets good results. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily like federations politicking, but I think judges impression is changed with the energy of the audience. Of yeah. course it is. As a skater's like getting halfway through their program and the audience is getting into it, of course it's like it brings like this uplifting energy to the rink. So the judges like all of a sudden things just start going a little bit higher. I don't necessarily think this like when people get like home cooked judging is from federation politics more than judges are human beings. Like when I'm in a rink and somebody's skating really well and the audience is going crazy all of a sudden i'm more interested in what they're doing it's just like it's human nature so yeah. i think that that happens a lot we probably need to move on to ice dance <laughs> <laughs> just the next category um in gold was madison chuck and evan bates of the usa in silver was marjorie lejoie and zachary lega of canada and in bronze was evgenia lopreva and jeffrey brousseau of france i think uh, Madison and Evan 
like obviously came in as the favourites to win. Um, but I do think the rest of the podium was slightly up in the air um, with regards to uh, Marjorie and Zach not having a great challenger uh, series outing and they obviously withdrew from their first one so they only had one coming in. Um, Michael Parsons and Caroline Green um, withdrew from their second challenger and changed up their program. I think there was a lot of ice dance that could, uh, scoring that could have been sort of either way and the Tashlers and obviously Evgenia and Jeffrey as well. And then of course with the Tashlers um, getting the exclamation point on their uh, choreo step which obviously potentially lost them a spot in the standings they maybe would have finished a place higher um, it, it definitely was a highly contested second through fifth place I love the I know I never know how to pronounce their name um, Teschlers yeah you were talking yeah. about them yes. um, <laughs> I love them like their speed and power and command um, I think that the coaches in the Czech Republic really know how to teach basic skating skills because it seems to be like a trend between um, the skaters that come out of there in ice dance and singles and pairs. They're very strong individual skaters. Um, and I, like I myself, like as a coach, I'm very curious what they're doing um, to develop these skills because there's something that they're teaching the, their younger skaters that, you know, we're not teaching everywhere else. And I'd love to know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have an opening question for Megan. Um, the theme of the 80s in the rhythm dance was decided so it can draw a lot of new fans in. Um, what's your thoughts on the 80s programs that you've seen so far? I feel like I'm never a fan of the rhythm dance theme. Um, no, I like, I like this. It's entertaining. It brings a lot of energy, um, which I like. But it also like has the ability to be tacky um, and costumes have the ability to be tacky. And um, I don't like the tacky costumes and I don't really care about costumes that much, but sometimes when I see the colors and the shapes and the patterns, this season on some of those rhythm dance costume, I'm like, oh my gosh, how is this gonna draw in new views? People are gonna be like, oh my God, there's those weird figure skaters again. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like it would be really cool if, um, and it would be an interesting way to view like skating skills, if like the theme was the same, but everybody had to wear black. So everybody's leg line was the same. They had black mm. pants on and black like bodysuit. Um, I'd be very curious what would happen with the judging if everybody to the 80s theme was not costumed. That's a, really a thought that I've had over the years for other themes as well. I, you know, I think it's part of why Maddie and Evan do so well is that they always have these, you know, they always have good costumes. I actually don't I really. Um, seeing in person um, Maddie's rhythm dance costume with that like yellow leather that it, I was like, this costume, it's, it's amazing. It's like, because it's, it's all, it does not have any mesh that is like all skin and leather and straps. It's like, whoa. Um, so definitely leaves an impression. Um, and then, but then you see the Browns where their costumes really yeah. detract from their program. And I actually think that their 
Elton John rhythm dance might have been my favorite from the competition. I actually really enjoyed it. I felt like it had a nice, like as a medley, it worked. It had a nice sort of climax to it. Um, and so I actually really enjoyed them, but it it almost, their sort of mutedness detracted from um, them being able to compete, I think, as well as they might have. So I, yeah, the perception. Yeah, they certainly yeah, don't just, look we, as flashy. We would change what we look for and what we're watching when they skate if they weren't costumed like that. <laughs> so over the top. So ice dance. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, and I, I love Olivia Smart and she's always got great costuming too, but like that electric blue to me was very distracting. And like, I see why people loved it. It looked great on her if she was like going out to a club or something like that. But in terms of like on the ice, for me, I found it to be a distraction. But of course, like I'm not in ice dance. So like, who cares if I'm distracted? <laughs> but it's just my personal view. No, but it almost reminds me of like the 90s, early 2000s when we had all of those crazy costumes. And it feels like we are moving back to that again. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> If I like that so much. <laughs> well, especially because the trends usually go from ice dance into the other disciplines. It makes me worry that we're about to see like a whole range <laughs> of like very tacky um, programs and costumes in the other disciplines coming next. Um, I did wonder about like for people people who choose to do music that could be the ice dance theme in other disciplines during that year always seems like a questionable choice to me. Like, like Anna and Roberts short. Yep. Yeah. Or both of Luna's programs or, yeah. you know, it's, um, and actually, like I said, I liked Anna and Roberts short and in some ways it, but it made me think less of some of the ice dance programs. Cause I kept thinking, actually, I feel like this kind of rock music works a little better for pairs than it does for like, it, than it does for some of these ice dance programs. Like I really like the big, the impact of the big elements with the, that music, uh, that you know, personal opinion, but. Mm. Um, and then it's I, also choreographed by an ice dancer as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I wonder if they even knew the theme, but I, I know that their choreographers are ice dancers, so they likely did know the theme. But I think that, um, this is a style that they like to do for the short program. So I don't think it was influenced really because of dance. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, it was then interesting to see that the free dances started to all run together to me a little bit as well stylistically because so many teams wanted to then do something that was kind of like soft and lyrical and, you know, not have vocals and like really go in that direction. And so then um, which I thought was a shame in some ways that I actually quite like both um, Zach and Marjorie and Caroline and Michael's free dances, but seeing them back to back, it felt like neither of them could stand out quite as much as I wanted it to. And actually for the Tashlers as well. And these are three teams, three very different teams, but there was something that was stylistically, you know, in similar enough between them that it, um, felt like I wasn't seeing any of them to their best advantage. And that's partly just the, the you know, the luck of the competition draw and who was next to each other. But um, yeah. I was a little disappointed about that. Mm. But very happy to see Marjorie and Zach on the podium and that to see Zach smiling so much. That was pretty <laughs> much the funniest part was that he was um, just 
having such a he seemed to be so happy and he said he was so happy and he said he hardly ever is happy skating at competitions but we don't happy skating <laughs> during competitions which made me laugh a little bit um but he was very uh it was nice to see him so cheerful and also it was very funny that the um the pose for the press conference was everyone make a face like zach um <laughs> with their idea of what should be funny <laughs> I, I, I found it very funny when I was um, transcribing what Anna sent over and he said very 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 happy I was like I have to keep the three berries in I, I found that very funny um, <laughs> over but, yeah I'm, very exactly <laughs> um, I was yeah very happy for Marjorie and Zach obviously their challenger I'm a big fan of theirs if it hasn't come across already mm -hmm. um, uh, their challenger series didn't go great and so to see them back um sort of in there in a good place to now build on the rest of the season to you know get to that home worlds as well um i think it's really great and i think they have really great programs as well um the other team that i wanted to give a shout out to was um Hannah and Ye, the korean team um i think they did you know coming of coming in in that new senior, not a lot of expectations kind of place. I think they did very well for themselves here and also really made a lot of new fans. That that was one of the teams that I that um, I heard people in the arena talking about how much they enjoyed. They got to be in the gala. Like, I just think it was a really great um, sort of senior, you know, not debut, but like senior Grand Prix debut for them. Um, and they were very happy. And I just, um, they're also very refreshing people to talk to because they haven't had as much media training and they just kind of tell you what they're thinking and what they felt like they want to work on and, you know, are very open about it. And um, so, you know, in the in the often kind of highly managed world of ice dance and everyone trying to sort of make their moves, it was nice to see, um, you know, a, a team that was sort of in that like happy to be here sort of place as well do so well. Yeah, I was very impressed with them. I am. Um... The first time I saw their free dance, the umbrellas of Sherberg free dance, I think it was during the summer when they did a small Quebec competition, I wasn't overly impressed because I'm like, Tessa and Scott's umbrellas of Sherberg is like pinnacle ice dance to me. It's amazing. And I wasn't, I, I wasn't convinced by it. But the, when I saw it at Autumn Classic and then I saw it here, they've done such an incredible job improving it. And it's, they've done a great job with it. I think it's very committed to it and they definitely sell the program. It's great. I think we are going to answer the question of Unseen Skate in a little bit because we are very short on time now and we do want to talk about the women unless there's any more ice dance for now. We will talk a bit about it during fantasy skating, I assume. Yeah. When everybody gets their results. We, we are all very sad or happy. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I forgot I'm doing this, aren't I? Um, okay, so in gold, we have uh, Luna Hendricks from Belgium. In silver, we have Isabel DeVito from USA. And bronze, we have Nina Petrpina from Estonia. I want to say I've long been a fan of Nina. And um, throughout, you know, the last two seasons, felt like she was, when she delivered good performances, was consistently underscored. So I was really happy to see her hit a great score in the free skate and, and win a medal at Skate America. Because I think that she's, you know, been flying under the radar. She's had very interesting programs, a lot of, choreography and transitions within her programs um so yeah I, I always thought she was like a little star and now I'm like okay now she's getting the results I like that yeah 
she was so shocked she didn't realize until um somebody told her that she like backstage that she was gonna get the medal and she like almost had to go like sit down for a second because she was so overwhelmed it was very it was very moving to see how excited she was about it like did not think that that was in the cards for her going in um because they always underscore her and now she's scored what she should get and she gets the result yeah i think she made quite the statement when she was at shanghai trophy i think it was a very very solid performance she put down there and she mm -hmm. like the first challenge she did i think was lombardia and it didn't go very well but like when she went to shanghai trophy she completely nailed it and everyone was like oh wait she's she can go up there she can do this <laughs> and then she did it again yeah and the more you do that consistently those scores just keep going i forgot we had a slide for this <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I love when like new countries get break history and, and do new things. I'm so happy she's the first. So hopefully they have history. a flag next time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't believe they did that. <laughs> yeah, that that's one of those things that I, I I've talked to people about, and I think that well, it's one thing for the the competition organizers to not have a flag. That's pretty unacceptable. There's also the whole thing of like, did your team leader remember to bring a flag um, for the skater to have taking the pictures? And it's yeah. funny to see like, which, like the US and the Canadians are like on it. They have their flags, they know what they're doing. Nobody else ever, it seems to be like having that on their radar as like a task for the team leader. And so it's always, it's like funny. I was just like, who adopted that as like a thing that you have to do versus who is sort of like, oh, I guess they could go grab a flag from the audience. That's fine. <laughs> It'll do. And then you get worlds where everyone's trying to find a flag for Lupner and no one has one. Yeah. And maybe you don't want to jinx it by bringing one. Well, I know. So no, it was funny to see that. Um, I had such mixed feelings about some of the, like, so starting with very happy for Luna that she's skating so well. She looked so strong, so prepared, just like absolutely clued in. Seems like she's getting, you know, she also just seems like she had a great attitude saying like how much she wanted to skate for herself and to enjoy competing like after a hard season last year and just like really wanting that um, for her. So like, I loved all of that. I really dislike both of her programs, um, which is just not, I think I would not mind it so much, A, if I wasn't feeling like I was hearing too much Madonna from the rhythm dance and B, that um, they weren't both that. Um, and I, I wanna say like, I don't, on the one hand, I like, I like that she's doing something that nobody else is doing in the same way. And that she's like, only she could go out and do these programs. They feel very emotionless to me in a That's way that I would like. Say. Yeah. I've always found her skating to be a little bit detached um, where she's like, she has the stars, star quality skating, but she doesn't have the star quality, like skating personality. Like, can I say that? Like, I, I don't mean it in a bad way. Um, so like, it's like, it never like matches and, um, yeah, I don't know if it's like a confidence thing or if it's even something that can be taught or it's just innate within within one's personality. But I do feel the same thing. I feel like um, I'm never drawn into her performances. She just goes through the motions and that's what it looks like to me. I'm sure that that's not what she's doing, but that's the impression I get. Yeah, I think her performance quality was better when she was younger and there was less pressure on her. Like 
back around her first Olympics and, and after that, before the injuries struck or whatever. Um, but now I think she's, there's so much focus in her that she has to deliver a clean performance uh, and like prove herself that the performance quality kind of takes a step back. Yeah, maybe. She re it, she reminds me a little bit of the thing that Jimmy Ma told me earlier this year, which is that he wanted to have a program where he could skate with resting bitch face. And that <laughs> seems a little bit like what the this free skate is, where it's like, if you're gonna be like, I am super focused in, and that's the face you're going to give then like maybe voguing you could be like i have that face um i don't know that if i may just be have nothing to do with what she's thinking about it but it was what uh, popped into my mind hmm. um i was happy for isabeau i think you know she was very also very strong here i think her jumps looked not as bad as i was afraid of um <laughs> that um, I still, I still wonder sometimes about her, some of her jump technique, um, but it's, she looked like she was confident in holding it together. So, um, and she's I, like, I don't dislike nice. her short program. I like her short program for her. I appreciate her trying something different. I'm, um, I'd love to be like a fly on the wall and see like, is her coach like trying to fix some of that jump technique like do they break down the jumps and like today is like technique day we're just going to work on the basic technique of all our single jumps and then try to rebuild that to doubles and like do they go through that focus or is it like not even in the back of their mind because they're like oh we're still scoring well we don't need to do that mm -hmm. um i wonder i'd like to know if they have taken the time every day to kind of revisit that or it's just yeah like out of their minds because this her technique does worry me. It, it, it worries me for the longevity of her in this sport. Yeah. She, uh, Isabeau is only 16. Um, how, how do you think she could approach, I guess, correcting some of that technique? Is it like too late to, or is there still time? Oh no. Like I remember when Joanny Rochette was like 16 or 17 and she, she had an incorrect edge on her triple lutz and her coach would not let her try triple lutz until she could correct the edge on the single. Then she was allowed to work on doubles with the correct edge. And then only then they could reintroduce the triple. Um, and then she ended up having a, a pretty good triple lutz for like that era that she was competing in. I think that um, they have to take the time to do it. Um, instead of doing 100 triple lutzes a day incorrectly, maybe they focused on some simple walkthroughs and some doubles and you know, only do the triple before and during a run through and during the rest of the time, keep readdressing the technique. When I say let's, but I mean, it for whatever jump, I don't think it's too late though. Yeah. Yes. yes, Kimberly, we are to love it. <laughs> we do have to look at the time though, because we know you have to leave in like five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's okay, so Bruno's, think... with, Bruno's with my skater, like okay. right below me right now, I can hear them. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I asked him to start, to start my lesson and then I'll join yeah. and replace him. Because we don't want to rush you because it's so interesting. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I don't know who's with him right now. Okay, perfect. Can we say a little bit um, about Amber? Because yeah. I was so heartbroken for her, um, but so proud of her for landing that triple axel. I think I and everyone in the audience thought she was like had a 
like 15 to 30 seconds of thinking, oh, wow, she's going to win this. And I think she also thought that and then it fell apart, um, which yeah. was a shame. It was but... an interesting time for it to fall apart, like at the end, like when you're like, you're there, like you're like riding that hot, you're in the moment. Something had to happen to take her out of the moment. Um, yeah. It's like that zone, right? Like she she had to have started that long program in the zone, as we say, like in sports like the triple axel, the triple triple, everything. She was like in the zone and something had to happen to take her out of it. Or she simply doesn't have the training of full run-throughs right now. I don't know which one it is. Um, yeah, I think like, she... All of a sudden she fell in like under-rotated jumps. It was, like, I mean, she messed up her sal uh, triple sal cow and then the rest, yeah. Yeah, I think she mentioned, in, I think I saw a quote that there was so much adrenaline after the triple axel yeah. and the crowd and everything and she just kind of yeah she had too much adrenaline and she i think as she got towards the end it just it just went she just like, it was faded. like she had used up everything that she had in the tank yeah and of course she had the injury a few weeks back that she mm -hmm. collided with another skater in training so she had to this was her first, her first challenger season yeah got a black eye and everything and super happy to see um everybody posting her triple axle because i have an exercise i work with all my skaters on off the ice taking off of an axle on like one of those like little skate spinners um and their goal is to like go up on the toe and turn as they jump um into their h position and i, I screenshot amber <laughs> this is at the quarter mark of her takeoff and she's exactly in the position i try to get my skaters to go into so on Monday, yesterday, I came to the rink and I was like, so did anybody watch? And like, of course, kids these days, right? None of them did. They don't know who she is. So I was like, well, I'll show you her triple axle. And like, do you want to do a triple axle or a double axle or a single axle like that one day? Because she's doing exactly like a, a really good technique. So I was like, so happy to see this to prove to my skaters. Like, if you want to do a triple axle as good as Amber, you have to like keep on working and doing what we're doing. So um, it's like, I love that. I love like all those little like technical details, but she's in like the perfect position there on her pre-turn, getting up to her H position and she gets such a powerful climb and then she's so sharp with her hips into her rotation. And I just think it's like the perfect triple axel. <laughs> yeah, it was a beautiful jump. Like I have no idea about technical. Yeah, we can't, the GIF isn't working, <laughs> but it was beautiful. Yes. yes. Yeah, it is very um, And she landed a ton in practice. She was landing everything in practice, super solid. She looked really well-trained. Um, and I think in general, she has struggled a little bit more with like the putting, the consistency, putting things out in competition, like often says she comes, she's like, often is like, I came in, I was landing everything. I had all these clean run-throughs. So um, the thing that I was noticing, and I'd love to ask her about this sometime, was just that it seems like she's a skater that is very aware of everything that's going on around her at all times. And that I wonder if she struggles with that kind of honing in on just like what she needs to do in the competition. And I was thinking about that because, and even Isabel actually mentioned this in sort of complimenting like how nice a person Amber is. Like she was like clapping for Isabel's run through. And when she was waiting to get on the ice for the six minute warm up and, um, Katya tripped over the um, stuffy and fell and um, she was like making faces and like clapping for her. And it just, it made me wonder if she's somebody who's just would be more easily distracted by a big crowd reaction or just more easily thrown off of her own um, preparation by that. And also by like 
it's possible like by the thought and that halfway mark when she's skating like so good in her long program like oh my like maybe it crossed her mind like oh my god i'm gonna do it like maybe i can win this and all of a sudden that scared her yeah and overwhelmed her like it's possible um it's so much thoughts like creep in and you're having like that great skate and you got the crowd in the palm of your hand and it's like wow i'm really gonna do it like what if i I, like i can win and then all of a sudden you're out of the zone yeah so yeah good learning experience though exactly i think that that's like now she knows she can do it in competition she's had this experience so hopefully that will be um easier next time and um, the crowd there was amazingly supportive for her. She was like the hometown skater, but there were so many um, like pride and by pride flags for her in the audience, um, which I loved seeing, especially in Texas and and for Kevin as well. So that, that was really lovely. I was glad people showed up. Um, and uh, I really love her short program um, and the costume, the heads will roll that she worked with Caitlin Weaver on. And it's a really, it's a really fun program. I think it's going to, like it'll keep moving. Like she would, she's not like a hundred percent committed to every part of it yet. But I think it's going to be really fun for her. Yeah, she's more confident. Um, we want to talk about Skate Canada for a moment before yes. we bring it back, maybe to women, because we want to. Because we have Megan here, so we want to talk yes. about a little bit. <laughs> what to expect at Skate Canada? What would be your predictions? Oh, I should get the list. <laughs> Yeah, I think Lois is also pulling up the list right now. Yes, yes, I'm also doing that. Yeah, Canada. Well, I don't know. I think I think the pair, uh, Canadian pairs are going to be very interesting to see um, who could potentially end up on the podium. Yeah, I think I, the like... I think the Hungarian pair team will. They're there, right? I saw that. They'll yeah, yeah. likely. I think be a first for their country to win a medal in pair skating at a Grand Prix. I don't mm-hmm. think Hungary's ever won a Paris medal at a Grand Prix or not that I know of. I can, I can check my list. <laughs> but I also think after Nebelhorn, a really exciting opportunity for the Italians. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how to say her name. Lucrezia. Lucrezia. Um, I think that they have, you know, they, they built a lot of momentum at Nebelhorn. So it's going to be really interesting if they can deliver again. And if those scores keep moving forward, they can challenge the Canadians. Um, those are my three picks definitely for the medal, though. Deanna and Max, the Italians and the Hungarians. I think the Hungarians just competed and got 129 in the free skate in the international competition. That's like one of the top four scores in the free skate this season from any pair team. So um, I think that that's your podium at this event. Yeah, it will be the first Hungarian pants medal. Which is exciting. So listen out fantasy skating voters. <laughs> yes. in group one, so. Oh. <laughs> I know that's the thing. Just which of, yeah. But no, I am excited for them. Um, do you think that June is going to be the front runner for the Interesting. I... It, it might, it or might Kyle. be Cal. Yeah. It might be Cal. I think he's a little bit better prepared right now, despite the slight injury he had. Well, he's competed a couple times, obvious. like even like through an injury there at Japanese regionals. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I think that yeah. he might be more a little bit more consistent at this point in the season. I'm just yeah. looking at my list and. Um, oh, and Matteo Rizzo as well. I had forgotten yeah. he's there. Yeah, he didn't have the best Shanghai champion also coming back from the, a slight injury. Where else well, did he so. compete at 
before that. He competed somewhere before Shanghai and he wasn't. He withdrew from Lombardia. Maybe it was just Shanghai Trophy then that I saw. Yeah, he was he was supposed to do Lombardia, but withdrew due to a small injury. Okay, no, it was Shanghai Trophy I saw then. I just thought yeah. it was something else. I I'm think interested it, to see if uh, Kazuki can be consistent and get on the podium. I haven't um, seen anything I think, yet this season. I think he did Nebelhorn. He did well at Nebelhorn, yeah. Yeah. What about the um, Canadians? Oh. Well, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top of the three because we only, for those spots at Worlds in Montreal, limited limited spots to see, like, you know, where Canadian men's is. Um, yeah. They've all been inconsistent for the last two years, these skaters. So it's really hard to... <laughs> It's really hard to pinpoint what people are going to do because from competition to competition with these skaters, um, with these three Canadian men, it kind of changes. So um, I think Wesley has a lot of potential if he can lay down some clean performances at home. Like it's not only like at home, it's like his hometown. Um, he's not yeah. just from British Columbia. He's from Vancouver. So talking about the influence of an audience, like he could have the audience like with him at the event. Yeah. yeah, and Alexis based in Vancouver as well. Yeah, him too. That's right. He's there. I'm, I'm, I'm happy Alexa got that spot. I think a lot of people are trying to figure out who would get the host spot between him and uh, Stephen Gogolev. Um, but I'm happy Alexa gets a, a shot at the Grand Prix and a, a home Grand Prix at that. Mm -hmm. I agree. It'll be interesting, <laughs> but I think like June and Cow will be like the two guys gunning for the gold medal yeah. here. Do we think it's a clear win for Kaori? <laughs> Let's look at the women's list. I would think I would assume so. Mm. I think um, Cheyon easily is potentially up on the podium. Yeah. She had a fairly good Cheyon Kim. Oh I love her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Let's just see Lindsay Thornburn as well if you haven't seen her in a while. She looked very good at, um, I saw her in August. I mean, and she was looking Grand Prix ready in August. Um, she's not, she's somebody who, you know, depending like if she gets um, rotations or not, but if she gets a, you know, clean, she could do quite well. And I think like in a field like this, if Maddie Skeezes can deliver, she does have a chance to, to win a medal, but it comes down to her delivering, um, getting those levels on the spins, getting clean jump calls. Um, but I think that she does have a chance for a medal in this field. I think that it will need a clean short and a clean free skate to get it though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rinka also like has the potential, but yeah. whether she'll be able to do it. Um, yeah, and then, she's not been quite as high this year as she was last year. Like a lot of inconsistent history. women in this field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm excited. Three, you know, three of my favorite skaters just to watch, but not necessarily for the podium are going to be here in Star May and Laranaki. Um, and so I'm, I'm just, they're all um, skaters that I enjoy watching, and I'm looking forward to um, seeing them. And I hope they have good skates, even though they don't necessarily like have as much um, of the harder content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think looking like. Mm -hmm forward to the dance it'll be very interesting 
to see what happens with Fear and Gibson um, here, kind of like at Piper and Paul's like home competition, um, to see how close they are. Yeah. Um, and just Piper and Paul haven't competed all season, and um, Fear and Gibson have a couple of competitions under their belt feedback to adjust programs they had time between their challenger series and now to go home and like make those adjustments so it'll be really interesting like or fear and gibson closing the gap between um piper and paul and them or is the gap still gonna you know kind of be there yeah i'm really excited to see piper and paul i feel like um it'll be interesting to see their um yeah their new material for the first time Agreed. And then the Browns are going there again. So that's, you know, yeah, it's so a back to back for them. Yeah. Which we don't see very often. No, they're the only skaters doing the back to back <laughs> between the two. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not the battle between yeah, the three. I guess I'm looking at the list and wondering like the bronze medal and dance pretty up. Yeah, there. I feel like it's going to be interesting because Peyton by got a huge score at Autumn Classic that they, yeah. they hadn't really replicated anywhere else before. Mm -hmm. uh, Zingas Kolesnik have been quickly rising through the ranks. But you would think it would be Reed Ambrou Lavikius. I'm terrible yeah. at pronouncing his name. You'd think it would be them. But you never know. There's a real opportunity for somebody to yeah. aim a spot here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, like career changing for whoever's yeah. going to kind of like be in that bronze medal position. Um, yeah. Big opportunity for those dance teams. So there's like a lot of pressure on them to step up and get that Grand Prix medal that, you know, might not get anywhere else. Exciting. Yeah. All right. I think we can let Megan go now to coach her team. <laughs> we'll continue. Awesome. Thank you so much well, for your you, time. Thank you, everybody. Thank Love you. talking to you. Thanks for coming on. And enjoy Thank Skate you. Canada in a few days. <laughs> yes. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Yeah. That worked well. <laughs> and Thanks, Megan. This was so interesting. I'm so That's glad great. she was in. She always has such interesting, like, technical aspects, which I never thought about. Um, I do want to go back to women because we, and, like, I, said quite quick with women. <laughs> I felt so bad I didn't want her to stay. She said she has one hour and 15 minutes. I didn't want her to stay that much longer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if there are any more Ice Dance like... opinion or women's opinions. We also lost Itsumi quite a few times. I'm so sorry. No, I know. <laughs> well, um, I didn't... anyone watching also has opinions, please let us know. Oh yeah, there was, wait, there was a question for Anna. Oh, oh yes. yes. Um, I had mixed feelings about this. Like, I think it was a pretty well organized event in sort of in terms of like the logistics, almost everything except for the fact that the, um, especially the practice announcers were horrible. Um, they not only could they not pronounce anyone's names, they gave them the wrong countries. They frequently told them that their practice was over when it wasn't. Like, so I don't know what was going on with that, but. <laughs> That was not good. Um, I really don't think that, the, that USFS should be holding competitions in Texas right now. Just like mm -hmm. from a political perspective, it feels like it is a real choice to be holding it there. I mean, I was definitely thinking the whole time I was walking around Allen that 
which is basically all shopping centers, um, that I was literally in the shopping center where there was a mass shooting not that long ago and that it did not, like, it just was a weird feeling. Um, yeah. Like, you know, I don't want to demonize like a whole state. Like I think the skating community from Texas that showed up for the event was fantastic. People were super supportive of all the skaters. Like I said, I loved seeing the way that they um, really showed up for Amber and for Kevin. Um, but I would, I would be very happy if I did not have to go back to Allen, Texas again. Um, it, yeah. So from, from that perspective, I would love to see them go someplace else for Skate America in the future. Yeah. The other thing that I did want to say from a, about the women um, was that it was interesting seeing the three Japanese women, all who, whom who had kind of mixed and iffy skates here. Um, but Hannah Yoshida's free skate, I thought was a real strong performance for her and very excited to see her do so well. And then um, I really love um, Mone Chiba's programs and especially her short program. And so I think she was healthier here, still struggling a little bit. Um, but um, I really hope that she can get that consistency because I would love to see her getting the PCS scores that she deserves. She's such a amazingly beautiful skater and I don't want her to get, you know, buried in this deep field. Yeah, she does seem a little bit underscored. Um, and uh, one shout out to Claire Co, who um, was dealing with um, a lot of back pain and was really struggling, but I thought was able to push, you know, push herself in the middle of her free skate to be able to like, when things were really falling apart to kind of collect herself and finish strong. Um, and that seemed like such a great learning experience for her. And I really, um, I really enjoy her skating. She has such a beautiful, um, landing position on all of her jumps that like it's such a small thing but it's so just enjoyable to watch every time in practice no matter how bad the jump went she always would have like strong back perfect leg extension and it was just like it was like somewhere in your training there is a coach that drilled you on this and we can all be grateful to that coach i want to shout out young you um who is competing for the first time after quite a bit of injury um she obviously didn't have great skates, but it's good to see her back, uh, back, back competing, I guess. The programs are really pretty as well. It's a shame they're not up to the level that she can perform, but they're, they're really nice programs. Yeah. My other um, commentary on Skate America was that it was really uncomfortable seeing a Terry there and mm -hmm. seeing John Zimmerman and Sylvia Fontana. There was a point where all three of them were standing at the boards next to each other. And I, you know, diff for different reasons, but I felt like, wow, this is really says something about this sport that we have um, people who um, for ver in various ways have been under, you know, under investigation are um, been sanctioned or not sanctioned for abuse of, you know, uh, or enabling abuse of, their skaters, then seeing them at this competition without any repercussions at all um, felt very uncomfortable. I thought it was um, was a hard thing to figure out, you know, what, if anything, to do about in the moment. Um, you know, certainly um, 
you know, from the perspective of somebody being there, like it just was an, it was an uncomfortable thing to see that and to see like the US in the middle of pushing for um, the resolution with Valieva and their medals and everything to then have a Terry there to then have her skater be invited to the gala also seemed, I mean, he did come in fourth, but also that seemed like a choice. So I had some, uh, I had some discomfort around that and just wish that that was not how things were going in the sport right now. Yeah, I think we can all agree with that. And then to have it all take place in Texas. Yeah, <laughs> the combination of all of these factors was was a lot. Um, yeah. But that said, I had a really lovely time talking to so many skaters in the mix zone. Everybody was, you know, if, and seeing so many journalists and other people that were, you know, were just talking coaches. Like, you know, the 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 part of the um, the competition of going there in person was still really nice. Um, and like I said, I'll have. Um, full interviews with Annika and Robert, Andre Hodrick, Dennis Vasilyevs, and Stefan Lambiel that will be coming out. And then I also got some material for my Paris series. So I felt very, it was very exciting from, uh, from a perspective of getting to do interviews. Anna was very busy. Yes. <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm there and then I see people, I'm like, oh, but I could talk to this person. So yeah, it, it's just, it happens. And we are also very grateful that we have the opportunity to go to these places. I mean, yeah. and others. <laughs> Even if sometimes it's a bit tough. Even if I was grumpy about having to go to Texas, I was still very glad that I got to go and that um, I got to spend, you know, four days covering a skating competition is a, still a pretty great thing to be able to do. And um, we are down to three from six. <laughs> we started at six, now we're three. So, yeah, the results are going up on the website tonight. And then the new, the new voting starts tomorrow. Be up tomorrow. I have done. I've done my groups, and <laughs> somehow it is almost Wednesday already. So, and uh, Sarah, do you want to preview what's coming up tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, I tomorrow. Okay. Um, I was like I. Well, I'm, I'm really hoping this is the right thing now. Um, I interviewed Yulia. Uh, <laughs> yes, thank God. Yulia Vesluz and Matthias. No, Yulia Zagulia and uh, Matthias Vesluz, the Finnish dance team. I interviewed them a couple of weeks ago. And that is a YouTube video coming out tomorrow now. Um, I'm very lost with this week. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't work today, so it feels like a weekend still. <laughs> I had okay. a day off. It's not that I didn't do anything. I had a day off. <laughs> nice. Nice. You deserve. Okay. Yes, this is. I think we have nothing to talk about anymore. Yeah. Until next week. Yeah. Like, subscribe. This oh. will be up on podcasts. Yeah. If, uh, well, if you were here, you probably don't need to listen to it again. But if you weren't, then you'll listen <laughs> to it. But if you want podcast. to, feel free. Um, Anybody yeah, wants I will... to know next week's guest? I mean, yes, we already next, know it, but next yeah, week we'll be joined by Kirsten Mottowers. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, which I assume is probably how you've come here, if you haven't, please follow us on Twitter, even though it's dying. Um, or Blue Sky, have, all threads. Yeah, we have all of the social media. 
genuinely we at this point have all of it um but on twitter and our instagram go follow us on instagram as well uh we've posted a full schedule of all of our guests we're very excited this year to have so many guests join us um i I can run through the names very quickly um for people interested people just tuning into our youtube uh next week we'll be joined by kirsten mott towers um the final time is to be confirmed i believe it's 7 p.m gmt but our clocks go back us europe hi um our clocks change <laughs> so i'm not 100 percent sure it's a lot of math yeah which we're not um, good at we'll let you know anyway <laughs> on sunday we'll figure it out yeah um Kirsten Mortowers for Skate Canada International. We have Angelo Dolfini for Grand Prix de France. Asher Hill for Cup of China. Corey Ciselli for Grand Prix Espoo. And Michael Svitsky for NHK Trophy. And we're just and about we to nail find that somebody time. for the final. Yes, we're working yes, we on have that. options. We have options for the final. Yeah. We are very uh, excited to see you. Please continue to comment. And follow us everywhere, we'll please. Week. Subscribe. And subscribe. Please and thank you. <laughs> see you next Bye. week. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>